70% of all projects fail as they don't produce the planned outputs or they don't deliver them on time or within budget. Yet a simple question at the start of a project can dramatically improve its success. Today we're going to talk about the pre-mortem. Well, we've all heard about a post-mortem where a physician examines a corpse to discover the likely cause of death. My favourite kind of book, by the way. Um, but what on earth is a pre-mortem? Um, John, tell us what it is and how we can use it to deliver better projects. Sure, Denise. Let's imagine we're about to start a new project or run a big event, which is really a mini project anyway. They say that 2020 hindsight is a wonderful thing. If only we knew at the beginning of a project what we'd know by the end of it, because that way we'd know what to avoid along the way. While time travel still isn't possible, darn it, we can mentally transport ourselves to the end of the project and imagine what it's like. While we often imagine the positive outcomes from our project, it's even more powerful, though somewhat disconcerting, to imagine the worst case scenario. Imagine that despite all our good efforts, the project was an absolute failure. Once you know why it may have failed, you can then plan to overcome or at least mitigate those nasty risks. Yeah, that all sounds interesting, John, but tell me a bit more about the practicalities of this approach. Mm, sure, Denise. Well, let's start with the GFRAS event that you and I facilitated back in 2017. For those who aren't aware, GFRAS is the Global Forum for Rural Advisory Services, and it's the representative body for over 20 regional extension networks around the world. It includes APEN, the Australasia Pacific Extension Network, which is our local extension network. And we were privileged to host the GFRAS um, annual meeting in Northern Queensland. Yeah, I remember this well, John. It was a really high profile event and they expected about 120 delegates from 30 countries to attend. It was the first time for Australia to host the event and neither of us had even attended a GFRAS annual meeting, let alone facilitate the entire event. So it ticked all the boxes for a high risk of activity with plenty of opportunities for things to go wrong. <laughs> yes. And it was all those unknowns that helped me feel, well, somewhat nervous about the event. Yet this was the eighth annual meeting, so others had done it before. So early on, we decided to conduct a pre-mortem, asking previous organisers to share their insights and experiences. We obviously couldn't do this face-to-face, -face, so we used a simple online survey to gather their responses. I was delighted with the amount of detail we received to our questions about what had worked well and not so well in the past. And that really gave us a solid foundation for our planning. Yeah, it certainly did. The, the key question though, was around what might go wrong at our event and how best to avoid that. The responses to this question range from practical concerns about airport transfers, through to more ethical concerns about advertising that used pictures of the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, unfortunately, this might have raised the expectations of some of the delegates that they could easily go snorkeling during their meal breaks, when in fact we were actually some distance from the reef, John. <laughs> mm, that's true. Yes, and they certainly did come up with a great list of potential problems, and then they also suggested ways of avoiding or at least minimising the risk. One of the good suggestions was to use a graphic facilitator 
especially for those for whom English wasn't their first language. We did that and Filippo did a great job capturing the essence of many of the presentations in pictorial format. The final artwork helped remind us of the many conversations that occurred over the three days. Yeah, I think we actually displayed it at the APEN conference following John. Um, so that's an example of using a pre-mortem to better plan an event. Um, John, do you have another example of using this approach with a more traditional project? Yeah, sure, Denise. Uh, so just recently, I was kicking off a new three-year project that involved multiple stakeholders and funding partners. We held the inaugural meeting of the project steering committee with representatives from each of the contributing organisations. After discussing the project's desired outputs and outcomes, we paused and I invited each of the participants to imagine that the project had finished, but unfortunately the whole thing was an absolute disaster. I asked them to each briefly jot down a list of items they thought may have contributed to that disaster. We then went around the group with each person adding a new idea that hadn't already been mentioned. Denise, I must say, they're a very creative bunch and came up with many and varied problems, including factors such as, you know, poor communication, loss of project vision and staff turnover. We then spent time working through each potential issue, suggesting ways to prevent it from happening. It only took about 20 minutes, but it really helped us improve our approach to the project. And I'm sure that the project collaborators now have a greater understanding of the importance of their roles and also a greater sense of ownership of the project and what might go wrong. As a result, it's far more likely that the project will be a success as we're no longer blind to the potential problems. That's really cool, John. Um, so what was the actual question that you asked? Yeah, sure. So it was a three year project. So I invited them to imagine that it was now four or five years time and the project had well and truly finished. Unfortunately for all involved, it was a complete and utter disaster. People still talk about how badly it went. Imagine we're now all sitting around a table and discussing it. The simple question I asked was, what went wrong? They each silently wrote a list of the uh, possible problems and we went round the group with each person sharing an item that hadn't already been mentioned before. Yeah, so John, I noticed that you say, what went wrong? Why don't you just ask them what might go wrong? Ah, very observant of you, Denise. It comes back to how our brains function. So um, back in 1989, a research study looked at what they called prospective hindsight. Instead of imagining forwards what might hypothetically go wrong, they suggest that it's better for us to imagine that we're in the future and that the event has already occurred and we're thinking back about it. It's a matter of, it's a matter of perspective, really. Anyway, their results indicated a 30% increase in the respondent's ability to correctly identify reasons for the future outcomes using this technique. And I'll include a link in the research in the show notes. Yeah, that sounds good, John. Um, and so you've heard our thoughts. Now we'd like to hear yours. Add a comment below this episode and tell us your thoughts about pre-mortems. Have you used this technique? Any tips or ideas? We don't want this just to be a one-way conversation. So join in by sharing your thoughts and ideas with us. Mm, absolutely. So thanks, folks, for joining us on this Enablers of Change episode. Remember to subscribe if you'd like to know when new episodes are available. 
And if you liked what you heard, then give it a rating and leave us a comment. And better still, tell someone else about our new adventure and invite them to join us. All the best until we meet again.